0: Hi, welcome back to another episode of Drive to Success, a podcast made by Athena Racing's Student Advisory Board. I'm Mihika, Athena Racing's podcast manager and your host for this episode.
1: And I'm Loxley, Athena Racing's founder and executive producer.
0: Today, we're here with Anya Shivnan. As Vice President, Program Management at Qualcomm Research, Anya is responsible for operations and strategy management for research programs primarily focused on artificial intelligence. In this capacity, she works with scientists and engineers developing state-of-the-art technologies with a particular concentration on machine learning techniques optimized for mobile devices with a view to enable autonomy, mobility, and low power for use in smartphones, robotics, Internet of Things, and Automotive applications.
2: Welcome, Anya. Well, thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. And, um, you know, you were asking me, and as we started this, um, you know, uh, what's fun about being here and STEM. And, uh, you know, one of the fun things for me is that this is my very first podcast (laughs) to be on. So I love trying out new things and uh, very excited to be here on this particular one. And, you know, it's so exciting to see all these wonderful STEM organizations. And I have to um, tell you that I wasn't really aware of Athena Racing. But boy, was I excited when I dug in and found out a little bit more about um, all the fun things you do and that you're focused on another area, another industry that is male dominated and you're encouraging uh, girls and young women to um, step up and, and be a part of that. And I think that's fantastic. So um, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. It's our pleasure to have you here with us today. So let's get started. My first question is, how did you get into technology? What steps did you take in your career
2: to get where you are? So for me, the biggest initial driver was just, you know, as a kid in, in school and high school, I just loved math. It was my first, you know, go to homework when I would get home from school um it was the thing i had the most passionate about and you know i was a reasonably good student but but math seemed to bring out a certain passion in me and i you know, enjoyed working on the puzzles and problems so math just fit it, it fit my my way of thinking and the kinds of things i liked to do um, my parents are both uh, grade school teachers, so, of course, education was a top priority for me and all my siblings. And, of course, there was no question we were all going to college. But um, when it came to applying for a major, um, you know, they, as, as teachers, didn't feel that equipped to help advise me. And, and of course, their probably first um, guidance was to for me to consider possibly being a teacher. You know, that was a, a safe thing for, for me to do. But I felt that you know, teaching wasn't going to be the right fit for me. I loved math and I was you know, kind of searching about what could I do with this love of math and, and take it forward into you know, an education and a career. So there were three things that um, happened to help me make the, the first decision, which was about my um, major in college, which is computer science. A girl ahead of me in high school had graduated and had enrolled in engineering. And on spring break, she dropped by high school, and I was able to ask her about how she liked her classes. And, you know, she enjoyed all of them, but one thing that struck me um, deeply was her talking about this computer science class and how different and new it was. And I just want to remind you, that was a long time ago, so computer science wasn't available in high school, and it was somewhat new in, in college at the time. And then my older brother had been an industrial engineering um, student and I did not want to just copy him and do just engineering. So then computer science was starting to be a good fit from something interesting, something different than what he was doing. And and then my parents were just, yeah, do whatever you think is um, going to be interesting for you. This does seem like the, the new and upcoming thing. And they were quite comfortable that... You know, an education was the first most important thing, um, and you know, the, the worst case that was the worst case. I was going to have a good education, but the best case was going to set me up for something in the future. So I really got on the path, you know, in that end of high school, based on my passion, and and right through college.
0: Wow, Anya, that's very inspiring. I too am very interested in computer science and math. Oh, that, cool! Apparently.
2: That's great.
0: Yeah. Um, so looking back, is there any advice you would want to give your teenage self?
2: So one thing I think I would tell myself is not to stress about whether I made the right decisions or not. Um, and that one thing I've learned is that y- you make a decision and then you should just focus on making it the right decision. You know, get put your energies into what you've decided um, to pursue and, and really don't waste time on on second guessing. Um, I think I was, you know, a little bit lost, you know, before I'd made these decisions, what am I going to do? I don't even know what a job using computer science even looked like at the time. But, um, you know, make the decision and stick with it. And uh, you'll make it the right one.
0: Yeah, that's some advice I'm sure many of us can benefit from. So switching gears. Yeah, switching gears a little bit. I know you mentioned male dominated industries in the beginning. And since you work in one, have you ever faced discrimination for being a, get, for being a woman and how did you overcome it?
2: So I, I'm, I'm happy to say that I've never really had anything overt or terrible happen in a one-on-one situation or, or anything like that. And um, and I'm fortunate in that, you know, 99.9% of, of the men that I've worked with in my career have been uh, fantastic. But, you know, there, there was a situation in my early career where, um, you know, back then we didn't have so much information about competitive salaries and ranges and, and what information people have today. So um, there was a time I didn't realize that I was not getting paid the same as male engineers who had similar experience or were even less senior than I was. And of course, when I discovered that discrepancy, I was quite upset and upset. Um, you know, stewed about it for a little bit. I talked to some friends, you know, what am I going to do? But what I did do was I took up the issue with my human resources um, representative at the time. And, you know, I presented the information as I knew it. You know, I had come upon the information accidentally, but I was upfront about, um, uh, and I asked if this was true and they confirmed it. And I said, well, you know, what what are you going to do about it? Because it doesn't seem fair. And um, they recognized the the error, and they um, were very good. They came along and gave me a competitive salary, and then also um, gave me a bonus to make up for the the pay that I had not had in the in the past to kind of catch me up. So that was an early lesson in self advocacy because. Um, you know, you, you, I could have just left the company and, and been upset about it, but I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the team and I wanted to give them an opportunity to to try and address it. So that was that, that was kind of one one specific one. And then there's been some, you know, a few little things. Um, another time I was giving a training course on our new product and I was um, going around the country to large engineering organizations at, at big Companies like NCR and Unisys at the time, and um, there was sometimes an assumption that I was the clerk setting up the, the training room when when people walked in. And on more than one occasion, I had um, you know somebody asked me, um, "Could I bring in some coffee?" <laughs> and things like that. And you know, so I found that the best way to address that was with a mixture of you know honesty and, and humor. And I would say things like, well, I'll be starting class at 9 a.m. sharp, so please go get your coffee and you're welcome to bring it in with you, instead of just getting huffy and, and, uh, and being upset. So those are two small examples, but I have been very fortunate, um, really, um, overall. And I do know that there are some overt examples of, of people having um, had difficulties, and so it's important to recognize and support people that are in those situations.
1: Well, that is amazing, your self-advocacy that you did to bring your salary up to match your peers. Amazing to hear someone who actually made that go forward. Um, Building off of that, I know that you've served on Qualcomm's Women Leadership Mm -hmm. Council, as well as the board at Athena, which for those of you who don't know, is an organization focused on powering the leadership journey for women in STEM. I know you have spoken at IEEE, Women in Engineering, which is dedicated to promoting women engineers and scientists and inspiring girls around the world to follow their academic interest to a career in engineering. Can you please tell us why groups and organizations like these are so important both to you and in general?
2: So for myself, I have found the ability to connect with other women in tech both has an inspirational um component and also a comforting one you know you when you are the the one woman in a group or a team um, for a lot of your career you know you can just get used to the isolation and you can get very you know inward focused and and just put your head down and um, keep doing what you're doing um, and not realize that actually there's quite a number of you at other companies and and uh, the ability then to connect with those women has been um, a wonderful outcome of these groups at a at a personal level. And then you can share some of these stories like I just did about, you know, what what is the best way to advocate for yourself or other women's frankly. And um, that has been a a very virtuous cycle of engagement um, at a personal level. Um, For for the greater um, impact of organizations like these, um, you know, it's, it's been very gratifying in the last, you know, five or so years to see that, you know, business and industry is really understanding that their companies can be more successful with having, you know, more women at all levels and, uh, you know, recognizing that there's a dearth of, um, uh, women membership at the, the leadership and senior levels in, in organizations. And so. You know, we, we have to get the, the population, you know, staying engaged with tech. And these organizations provide a lot of that support to women in tech to keep, you know, to get them into the careers and keep them in the careers. And those are two very important um, aspects of what I like to uh, focus on. And, um, you know, having young women like Mahika and, and others see that there really are, you um, very interesting and long term careers that can be very fruitful and, and allow for um, a very interesting life that, that you can have. And so I, I applaud yours and, and these other organizations that I'm involved in for doing that for our future leaders and our future women leaders in particular.
0: I'm definitely thankful for all you and many others do to help um, make the industry a more equal place for both men and women for the next generation. Moving on a bit, I know you also volunteer as a judge for First Tech Challenge, which, for those of you who don't know, is a robotics competition that students in grades 7 through twelfth can participate in. What motivated you to start volunteering as a judge and what keeps you
2: going back? So, um, you know, Qualcomm has been a big sponsor of um, first uh, Tech Challenge, and my uh, one of my earliest uh, encounters with with it was through some technology that we were working with uh, first to to introduce. And um, through that, you know, I began to see that a lot of my colleagues were mentors or judges, and um, you just hear this wonderful buzz about this fantastic organization. And of course, my own career, I was involved with wor- uh, work on robotics and uh, artificial intelligence. And so here was this, you know, fabulous sports, if you will, around um, engineering and uh, you know similar technology so um there was a, a plea for for judges one year and i just raised my hand and say you know okay i'll, I'll give that a try and boy was my eyes were opened to just first, the joy that uh, I see in in young people around STEM was very inspiring, and um, and then just the capability that I was able to see. You know, from I got to review engineering notebooks, I got to see teamwork, I got to see how these teams interacted with their own communities. They helped each other, and um, it was you know such a contrast um, from a high school. Uh, participation sport that you would normally hear about the regular athletic sports but here was something very different and was laying foundations for our, you know future engineers and um i always come away from those weekends just you know feeling good about tech and the future because these are the the young people that are going to be our our future workers and, and leaders so it's a it's a wonderful experience and so much fun just um the games are fun and uh, very creative
0: Yeah, I've participated in First Tech Challenge for the last three years, and I love it. It's
2: fantastic.
0: Yeah, it really is. Thank you for taking the time to volunteer and inspire students like me who are interested in pursuing a technical career.
2: My pleasure.
0: On that note, let's talk a bit more about your career. You have been involved in many startups before you decided to join Qualcomm. What are some differences in company culture between... between small startups and a big company like Qualcomm?
2: So, of course, some of the differences are are quite obvious, as you can imagine. Um, You know, at a small startup, there is a real sense that you have your hands on all parts of the business. And, you know, with so many, just so few people, there is a real sense, well, if something needs to be done and if you don't do it, then it won't get done. So you um, have more opportunity to put your hands on maybe the, the business side or ordering parts or um, you know, arranging some you know, big meetings or off-sites or things like that. And um, those were, for me, experiences that helped me understand a lot about the other fundamental business aspects of a company, you know, outside of engineering, um, where you know, in engineering, you can be focused on, you know, a software module and making um, pieces of equipment communicate. But when you're at a startup, you you know, you get to see everything, and then everybody is all focused on a single goal. So that can, you know, create a, a, a singular uh, sense of purpose, which I think can be um, really helpful in making you feel part of a team. Now, in a big company, you know, a lot of those things can be compartmentalized and you can be working with a team and they can maybe seem disembodied. You know, it's just they're a faraway team or a global team. Uh, So you get a slight difference there. As for culture, you know, it's not always so easy to say that you know the culture at a startup is always better than the culture at a, at a big company i think um you can't really say that um uh, i think we all know of stories of, of you know toxic cultures at all different kinds of uh companies so i think it's all about what's important and if having a productive and, and team sensing uh, team focused culture is important um, then that's what's going to happen regardless of, of the size. Um, you know, startups are, are not without politics. I've often said that, you know, once you have more than two people in an organization, the opportunity for politics is there. So, um, you know, focusing on trying to work together as a team uh, is needed no matter what size you are. And uh, just at a big company, you might have just more individual teams, whereas at a startup, Um, maybe the whole company is the team. And so it's just, things. these are the things to consider. Um, Both for me have been very successful and I've enjoyed both of them for very different reasons.
1: So this is going to be a great question for you, um, having been in both the startup world and in a big corporation, Mm -hmm. is skill. And that's one of our focuses this month. It is a characteristic of the goddess Athena. So we study her different characteristics and... Yep, that becomes our monthly theme. So this month during Engineering Week, skill is our big focus. And I was just wondering what what are some of the skills that you have developed throughout your career
2: that you think are important? So I'll take have two um, answers for that. And one was as a as an engineer. And I remember being very impressed with a, a past lead that I worked at one in my early career and his approach to debugging and problem solving and. The situations we were working in, then we were working on live communication systems and we would have to do our debugging of a problem, often, you know, in the evening or on a weekend and um, because. The scale of the problem was not meant that we couldn't reproduce the problem in the lab. So we had to go out to our our customers and and to their um, systems and try and figure out over the weekend um, what was causing the issues. And he was um, methodical in his approach. And he had a way of um, describing and denoting the workflow at, at a high level and hypothesizing at, you know, would we'll say big intersections in in the workflow where a potential problem could arise, and then he would you know order them in in likelihood and begin to add um, debugging statements or you know put in markers to try and and uh, capture the, the particular issue, and that I was struck very much by that methodical skill you know systematic view of the system as opposed to just you know jumping around and, and you know filling it up with debug statements and potentially you know changing the the element the, the operation of the, the system. And so that was one I really focused on on emulating. And I even do that now in non-engineering um, issues when there is a big program or an activity that we need to do is you know try and break it down into um, points and where you know where there's the intersections. They're off. That's oftentimes for communication breakdown or, or things like that. Um, and of course, I, I, the, the the soft skills. Then, as you move through your career and you get more into leadership and management, your soft skills become uh, even more important and blending them with your your technical skills um, you know somebody said one time to that that becomes your superpower then you know so you take what you've been doing and and you become even more uh, effective and it's you know thinking about what is the underlying motivation for this this problem so if somebody wants to approach something from a different sense maybe it's the test engineer and they're thinking well i can't if you build it this way then i can't test it for xyz so understand well what is the motivation and why do they want to test it that particular way and maybe you can collaborate on a on a different approach so um those those skills of um debugging, breaking down, and then I think communication skills and getting to what the underlying motivation and needs are of a request.
0: Yeah, Um, those all seem um, very important for people to learn, and I know that I definitely want to be able to embody those traits. And so was there ever a career setback that you faced that you later realized was an advantage?
2: Well, as I shared earlier, I um, was, I worked at a number of startups and I co-founded one, but sadly, none of those were ultimately successful. And, um, you know, I, I was involved in the shutdown of a couple of those. So, you know, if you took a a snapshot of my career at any one of those points, um, it would not have been seen as a success for sure. But I learned so much by going uh, through those, and in some ways, they they set me up perfectly for this um, career now that I'm enjoying at Qualcomm, uh, because the where what we do at Qualcomm research, you know, we're focused on, you know, five ten year out technology uh, research, which is not unlike being at a startup and, and trying and new things and seeing what will what will work, so. Um, you know, being able to do very different things, look at the business from um, developing a, a product, understanding the problem it's trying to solve, how do you communicate, how to use the product, um, what problems and services are you going to address once the product is launched. Uh, those were things that were invaluable to me uh, by going through a startup. And so, you know, there was definitely setbacks and failures, but in the end, I can really see those as giving me a huge advantage in terms of experience and and what I've learned. And in some ways, what I've learned not to do as well. (laughs) So um, that's, uh, learning is invaluable no matter what form it comes in.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing. That's really inspirational. And I'm glad you were able to learn from that and provide that advice. And finally, before we let you go, is there any advice you would want to give someone looking to go into the computer science field?
2: Well, my first advice is do it. And, um, and here, you know, oftentimes when somebody is thinking about a, a career, um, you know, it can be like, what will I do? What will, uh, what can a career like this be? And I would say not to worry too much about that because choosing computer science is going to make you be at the forefront of all the the new and different things that are going to be developed. And in my many years um, since my computer science uh, degree, I'm involved in things that I never thought uh, were possible. And now technology is um, in uh, personal uh, space, uh, medical uh telemedicine and we've seen technology be applied over this past very difficult year to help people stay connected and communicate with each other and so the the impact of computer science will just be be always there and i think having um people with passion and creativity and diversity and women in that space is going to be very important and so i'm delighted to hear uh, people are inspired and want to do that. And I applaud them and say, please do and stick with it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a very exciting and interesting field to be in.
2: I agree. Um, uh, you know, a recent example is I, I worked on a research project at, at Qualcomm and um, the uh, the Perseverance rover that just landed on Mars is carrying a piece of Qualcomm equipment that I worked on, and never did I think when we worked on it that it would end up on another planet. So you don't know what um, what will come of your work or technology in technology, but computer science will make sure that um, you're going to be working on interesting and new things.
0: Yeah, I heard about Perseverance and. Yeah. How it was carrying some of Qualcomm technology on the drone, I think, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Cool. Thank you so much, Anya, for joining us today and talking to us about your technical journey while inspiring many of us along
2: the way.
1: And I can definitely say the same. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and sharing your experiences.
2: It was my pleasure to um, chat with you and I'm so thrilled to see the work that Athena Racing is doing and I'm going to be uh, following you guys and we'll see what what you guys get up to. But having more of your women in automotive space is a fantastic uh, outcome of this organization. So thank you.
1: Hopefully we get more of these girls involved with future Mars rovers. Yes. That's my ultimate goal. All. Oh
2: transportation i love it that's a great plan let's do it
0: yes and thank you to our listeners thank you for tuning in to another episode of our podcast drive to success make sure you check out our website at athenaracing.org and all of our social media instagram facebook linkedin and more at Race Athena. Our events are incredibly fun and our free membership is growing rapidly. You can attend as a guest too if you haven't become a member yet. Our programs are free thanks to our incred- thanks to the incredible support of our volunteers and sponsors. See you next time.